coming to you live from inside the globe, perched high atop the Bugle Planet building in sunny Gotham City. It's Hey Kids Comics with two guys who are always ready to seduce the innocent, your hosts, Andrew Farmer and the Jedi Cole Houston. And now it's time for Hey Kids Comics. Welcome back, fannies. Oh, we are... <laughs> We are off of hiatus. Um, everything seems to be squared away. All our uh, adult life has been put aside so that we can come to you with our dick jokery and our shenanigans once again. Uh, I'm telling you. I am Andrew Farmer. With me, as always, the Jedi Cole Houston. Naturally, and welcome. And I'm uh, very feeling really energized today because I'm surrounded by my studio completely in order we had uh guests over for uh all con games and theory the game show track for next year yeah and so i had to get the place tidied up make it look like decent people live here and uh <laughs> it just it feels really good to have everything all the figures are standing everything's uh looking pretty good and uh good uh good environment for Getting back into things yes yeah indeed. and in the meantime yours are all standing and looking good mine i can hear them falling behind me just 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 crumpling on the details <laughs> to the floor um but we'll get that handled later um but you know even you know as, as much as <laughs> better go stand them up before we start <laughs> even even as we sometimes have to pick up our favorite heroes and villains and put them back on their shelves the actual heroes uh-huh. and villains themselves sometimes need a little pick me up or or a or a gopher or a, you know a cup of coffee or to rob a bank or yeah. to release fear it, gas it, or whatever it, it might you be. You need somebody to you know run the getaway vehicle while you're uh, right. dispensing your fear gas or your sure. deadly deadly smilex or whatever you happen to have to hand. Yeah. So tonight we honor those people, right, Cole? Absolutely. This is good night. Um, Hey know. Kids Comics number 315, if memory serves. Something like that, yeah. Lend Me a Center. Lend Me a Center, which is a great name, Cole. Cole comes up with most of our names <laughs> um, for our episodes. Well, the mass majority of our names, I should say. On this one, I, I had to, to do because of your own background in musical theater. <laughs> My background in musical theater is like Brigadoon. <laughs> yes indeed it only comes around every 50 years and when it does you have to you have to jump on or it's, you're gonna miss it um no yeah we have done well i, I think your your next uh, project if i remember i i saw in the uh oh, no. in the brigadoon musical theater review was uh the the fanny's follies oh yes oh, <laughs> coming yeah. up <laughs> yes for sure for sure um arsenic and old fannies Oh, and yes, and I, I am in error. It is, in fact, Hey Kids Comics 314. We don't want to have a misstep oh, like we don't want, years ago. We don't want, uh, I believe Lost it episode. was Erica lose her mind. Because, yeah, because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Which, you know, we don't. It's okay. Yeah. We, we have no idea what we're doing. Um, we own that. Yeah, we, we lean into that. Um, but, yes, we are excited to be back. Um you know, this is a little throwing it to the wind and seeing where it lands, but that's that's where we feel at home. Um, so, yeah, you know, this is Cole's baby. We have done um, 
multiple episodes on either villains themselves, the big ones, the ones that are out front, or I guess, you know, behind, as it were, um, yeah. hiding in the shadows or, um, you know, holding the um, holding the detonator. And we've also done them on the the armies of of the supervillain squads, your aims and your hydras and your inner gangs. But we haven't really done an episode like this, Cole. This is new for us. Yeah, this is this is a unique where we're really focusing directly on the lieutenants and the captains and the other ranks. Whatever sar- sergeants. Yeah. Sergeants. sergeants. Yeah. Um, but yes. So, you know, the, the, the most apt analogy I can give you for this, if you're looking for an idea of what we're what we're talking about, is if you're familiar with with He-Man and you're familiar with Skeletor, Skeletor <laughs> has an army of, of just general, you know, nameless cannon fodder that he throws out at you. But he also has, you know, his merman and his beast man and his, you know, evil Lin. Those are his those are his henchmen. Yeah, these are the guys who are there every day. They're the ones who clock in in the morning. <laughs> Which, you know, I've got so I've got one thing I want to bring up later, but you, you bring up immediately a valid point. <laughs> right? Like most of these henchmen did not rise through the ranks. You don't you know, they, they don't hire from within. First yeah, of all, no, God knows. Most of the time, they, the, it's, it's very difficult to do because a lot of them are either dead or incarcerated. Well, you, you yes, you're right, and you gotta. And here's okay. So, I want to look at this as like you gotta specialize if you want to be a henchman because you can't just be any old henchman and go work for the Joker or go work for Doctor Doom or the Red Skull, right? You've got to be really specific. Your gimmick has to be on point because you can't roll up to the Joker like like I'm I'm Captain Pumpkin Chucker. Mm, that one might work. Um, <laughs> you got to be like I got a Captain Pumpkin yeah, Chucker. Write it down. Write it down. Put it put it away. Um, you've got to be a, you you got to tailor your shtick to work you know to work with the villain you're auditioning for. So I really feel like I feel like there's a lot more to this than a lot of people give it credit for. So like if you're the Joker, you need like uh, what what was the one I, I Jackanapes the clown yeah. the clown the the, the, the hyper intelligent clown ape that he raised from birth. Now yeah, I mean that one that one he gets a little bit on that, but you know what I well, mean. What's curious gotta... about Jackanapes though is you know was Jackanapes perhaps an orphan of Gorilla City. <laughs> this is an Elvis song. It's, it's, uh, it was actually uh, a Glenn Campbell. Oh, it was, it was the B-side of Wichita Lineman. It was. Very good. <laughs> a lot of people don't remember that. It's a great Didn't song. Didn't get a lot of airtime. Also, gag- I am a lineman for Gorilla City. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's the joke for no one. This here's the the story of Jack Napes. <laughs> wait, are you doing Christmas? It was a uh, story of Jack Napes. <laughs> Jack Napes was. He was born in Gorilla City. That's right. This Deep in the forest, impenetrable forests of Africa. I got Literally. one. I got one sentence on my His um, parents. Chris Christopher exiled by King Solovar. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he found himself in Gotham City. <laughs> I got here. You want to hear my one my one line? My one uh, Chris Christopherson. My I have my single Chris Christopherson <laughs> sentence that is an impression, and it goes. I think it goes like this: This here is the story of Jack and Apes, and then it goes blade, <laughs> blade. That's the way it goes. Yeah, so that's all I got. This here, this here's the story of Jack and Apes. I'm really working on. It. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it down. But regardless, yeah, this, this is what happens when we don't record for a month. This is what happens. Um, so yeah, let's talk about some. Uh, Let's talk about some henchmen, now that we've established, I think, what we're doing. Absolutely. Well, what we wanted to talk about was, like you're saying, those that are closest to the villain, the the ones who, you know, have set themselves apart, they're not quite ready for the big leagues. They're not out, you know, they don't want to go out and do it all themselves, because there's a lot of paperwork involved. Oh, yeah. But sometimes it's, it's good just to be like the vice president of Penguin. <laughs> right. Well, so, yeah. Sometimes it's good to be the, the, just the, uh, like the the middle manager, because that's what they are. At the end of the day, you're the middle manager. You know, Penguin's the CEO. Penguin had some real interesting um, villains too, like some real weird, interesting people, like Lark and Bosworth. Um, just. Just some really bizarre. Oh, by the way, I feel like this is appropriate, not necessarily to this particular issue, but to our podcast, Cole. I was driving today, and I saw a guy with like four Batman stickers on his truck, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I look at his license plate, and his license plate is Asriel, and I'm like, oh. that's that's a deep. You're kind of deep cutting this one. Like, nice. you really want to know who's involved here? But um, but yes, you've got to like. In order to like work for the penguin, like there, you gotta know, like you gotta be the HR. You gotta like keep the time cards together. You gotta take, you gotta handle complaints. Like you don't think that like the out of what? How many? How many grunts? How many hourly employees do you think that the penguin has on payroll at any given time? Well, and there's always conflicts of like, you know, I I was the wheel man for seven and a half hours and I, and you only put me in for seven. <laughs> I think you have to go through the whole timeline of the caper. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or like, you know, having to sit down with people and have like conferences about showing up to work. Like that's your job as a henchman. You might yeah. not want it to be your job as a henchman, but that's your job as a henchman. Um, what, so what do you have – let me ask you this, right? I, I want to ask this question because I've been thinking about it a lot when we, as we were preparing for this preparating, show. Preparating, yeah. Preparating. That's what we do. If you want to be, let's say – let's say um, – I'm just trying to pull one out of my ass here. Um, uh, let's say one of uh, Mad Hatter's henchmen, right? And you – and what is it? Craigslist? Is there an app? Is there like an indeed for this, or is well, it... it's it's like, you know, you always hear about the dark web. <laughs> There's actually some pretty straightforward stuff on the dark web. Just right there. It's it's exactly the same as on the regular web. It's just darker. It's just it's like an old Angel Fire website where it's like yeah, black like nobody that green. people like like gateway.com. Somebody actually, you know. Uh, Ultron kept that going. He got 
he didn't exactly Gateway pay for it. He just... <laughs> I mean, who would who would suspect? Who's who's looking at Gateway.com? You know who's pissed off about that? Gateway. Gateway. He's so mad. <laughs> that that old dude with the ponytail. Gateway, the Aboriginal transporter from the X Men, keeps trying to buy that website. Won't let it happen. Um. <laughs> But like that's my question is like what are we what are we doing like if I wanted to go be a henchman for I don't know whoever let's say um and and at what level do you start getting henchmen Yeah I I think you have to hit a certain or you have to have an operation that is so large you have to have one of those like Hans what's his name from uh Die Hard or something. You gotta have you know? a Hans Gruber level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like there's, uh, you know, Mr. Peanut, Hans Gruber, was, uh, you know, <laughs> planning a big heist at Jif. Hey, Rex, wait, that's... Hey, security is tight at Jif. I'm gonna tell you that right now. That's Robin Peter to pay Paul. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they they require Hans Gruber. <laughs> To, uh... Yeah. Well, Hans Goober uh, operates out of Muggerville, of course. Oh, of course. Of course he does. And, um, you know, the, the, the sticky machinations of, of Hans Goober. <laughs> His greatest enemy is the milkman. <laughs> oh, this is going to be one of those episodes, isn't it? It is. It That's is fine indeed. fine with me. I'm in. But I think you you have to be like an, an upper echelon or or have at least, um, you know, a, a level of, you know, you have to hit a level where you need the backup and the help. Um, so you've got, you know, characters like Catwoman who generally works alone. Right. But she's had Cat Girl with her, uh, who apparently doesn't get it. Uh, Catwoman is usually dressed in the colors of the night, blacks and purples, and sometimes green um, party dress. Sometimes. Like she's going to be an extra in Mad Men. And uh, Cat Girl apparently thought hot pink was a good idea, you know. I am the night, but I'm bright. Well, All right. this is off. This is a little off topic. Maybe not totally off topic, right? This is a little off topic. If Catwoman has a, let's call her a hench. Let's call her a henchwoman, right? A sidekick, if you will. Where do you think she learned the fine art of managing the, her sidekicks? I mean, there's oh, only that's one true. person. That's Batman, right? Yeah. So, and we all know Batman's history with sidekicks. He is, he is the king of child endangerment. Dress That's him up true. as a so, Catwoman uh, was certainly taking her cues. I had not made that connection. Yeah, like like dress him up in as bright of colors as you can, <laughs> and th- literally throw them at your enemies so that you can sneak up on them. So she learned. So good for her. Good. For Absolutely. Her. Good for her. No, oh, I have to like, say, one of the most curious uh, gangs of henchmen are Professor Pig's Circus of the Strange. Oh, or Circus yeah. Of Strange. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Mr. Toad, uh, I'm guessing he must have been like the driver, kind of like that uh, baby driver. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah, you know where I'm going with this is, you know, you, you go on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Damn it. <laughs> We're still getting sued by Disney on that. Yeah, but, okay, so, uh, speaking of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, right? <laughs> um, I My question for you is, um, what, so, if we're, let's say henchmen, I could sit here and, and sell you on the idea that Magneto has henchmen, and those henchmen are the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. At what point, is it, a, is it an idea of losing autonomy that creates a henchman? I think, in, in a way, uh, part of the henchman dynamic is that there's a certain charisma that your principal villains have. Sure. And, and others will flock to that. Uh, and in some cases, you know, Blob, for example. Okay. Not going to be terribly effective in going and demanding the rights of mutants by right. marching in and, you know, not even the, the strongest uh, technology or individuals can frog march him off the protest site. <laughs> but, yeah. At what point, you know, eventually the man's got to eat <laughs> yes. or go, go find a private place to urinate. I mean, something's going to give. Sure. Sure. So teaming up with the likes of, I mean, come on, you think about it. It's Magneto and his cast of losers. Yeah, that's true. Mastermind, Blob, I mean, his own damn kids, at least. One of them had an effective power. No one can really put their finger on what the hell it was, but at least she had it. <laughs> well, I mean, for the most part, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is like little wonder uh, Wanda and Pietro ran off to join the Avengers. Right, for sure. I, I agree mean, they with got you. they got tired of old uh, Mastermind ogling them. Both of them, by the way. <laughs> Creepy. Creepy mastermind. Yeah, I just, I just mastermind was already creepy. I just made him a little creepier. <sighs> but I mean, I I'm, the the question I really have, I, I I think that we need to define what a henchman is, because like there are great henchmen out there. There are henchmen. There are there are show stealing henchmen out there. But you gotta like really really define. Like for instance, Harley Quinn was a henchman to the Joker. Yes, and and had her breakout. She was like Jennifer she's, Lopez on in Living Color. She is one of the rare, uh, unique individuals who, uh, God damn it, uh, <laughs> is able to transcend and move beyond just being a henchman. And not only that, but she has the even more unique distinction of being a henchman who eventually got henchman. Yes, yes, she's she is the American dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what people have inspired to, or aspired to, or inspired to both. It's you're right, you are correct. Um, yeah, but there are great. So let's let's just talk about some of the great henchmen out there, and maybe what services they've provided for for their. Let's call it. I, I I loathe to call it master, but let's just yeah, let's just do that. 
Yeah, I, I guess the boss. The boss, yeah. like Yeah, that, that goes around a lot. You always see that. Well, what do we do for you, boss? The boss. Um, so, like, give me one. Because I got, I, got I got a couple of good ones here that... Well, I think I don't want to steal your thunder well, accidentally. You but will. Uh... <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the more curious in my research, I, I'm like, well, thank God I wasn't in comics at this point, was the... Uh, very curious, and uh, I'm not really sure if there's a word to describe Bruno. Bruno. Apparently, Bruno was a henchman of the Joker during the period of The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Uh, basically, a buzz cut or a uh, you know very uh, shortly cropped. It kind of got the uh, the mo right. Uh, it's it's more like the uh, I don't know I want to say is it like a more like a Nick Fury type of like the original Nick Fury kind of haircut where you got that sort of tall flat top <laughs> buzz cut going on uh, apparently uh, oh you know, that Bruno yes yeah yes uh, yes and, so old old swastika nipples are so yeah swastika uh, pasties which uh, do not fly well. In the burlesque, uh, no, they do not. They also, you're not allowed to fly, so like you can't get on a plane. I don't think with swastika pasties yeah. on. But yes, now, now I know who we're talking about. I now think I'm in the with context you. of the Dark Knight Returns, it it's a character that kind of works, but you know, you really don't want to see her running around with the Joker in contemporary settings, even the uh, chopped off face joker well it's very much a contrivance of frank miller let's just be honest here but yes you know one thing that you need to do as a henchman is really set yourself apart from all the other henchmen you know you've really got to make yourself indispensable to whomever it might be um and wearing looking like a a female ivan drago not (laughs) not wearing a shirt and having giant swastikas pasties um is one surefire way to do that. Well, and it's almost like she's trying to say my breasts are down here. Right. Because your eyes are immediately, depending on your sensibilities, your eyes are immediately drawn to hers. I mean, it's just like I cannot look at your breasts. It's just not possible. No, I, I just do not feel comfortable with that. I'd, I'd be happier to go out and have a beer with Jack and Apes. Yeah, but your Jack and Apes was good for a drink. He, he at least tried really hard. You know, yeah. like he just wanted some friends. Well, he was, he's actually, uh, the inspiration for Billy Joel's Piano Man, one of the refrains. Yes, please. Because Jack Nance was, you know, as a henchman of the Joker, was naturally quick with a joke. Yeah. Or a light up your smoke. That's true. That's somewhere true. he'd rather be, which is like out in the field, uh, committing crimes with the Joker. Cause I mean, he's a, he's a gorilla. He, like, he there's is, no jurisprudence yes. for gorillas. I guess technically they could just put him down, but uh, but nobody wants to see that. Yeah, nobody wants there, to see that. Yeah, there, there's a tasteless joke there, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. But yeah, there's like there are so many great great henchmen. See, I was going to go Rocksteady and Bebop from. Uh, oh yeah. Because, I was curious about them if they ever appeared in the comics. Oh, I yes. guess it's inevitable, oh, and yes. I don't know if you know which direction that occurred. Were they in the comics first, or were they in the 
the cartoon first. Um, I think they were in the comp. I, I mean, I think they were in the cartoon first, and then yeah, I think they kind of needed some other anthropomorphic characters. Otherwise, it just became a shell party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is kind of what you say when you go to a when you're a turtle and you go to someplace and there's nothing but other turtles there. Stupid, stupid other turtles. Oh, yeah, this is like just a damn shell party. I'm out of here. Shell party. <laughs> Nobody told me this was going to be a shell party. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like the one that immediately jumped into my head when um, when we um, when we were going to do this because they're very much the atypical henchmen. They are not that bright. Yeah, that's one of the things is your traditional henchmen, um, and you know some break this mold. Is you, you need somebody who's not doesn't really have it all there, right? You need somebody that can be manipulated. So, so true. So that's what we get in in Rocksteady and Bebop are easily manip- manipulated brutes who will follow your orders no matter what. Because where, where are they going to go? Yeah, I mean they're not going to start their own gang. Let's just be <laughs> honest here. Well, they they really don't have anywhere else to go. I mean, the the turtles don't want anything to do with them, right? Because they're they're so reptile centric over there in the sewer, and uh, you know, so many other uh, you know they're not smart enough to conjure up their own capers. They're like the uh, they're just like the soldiers in the mafia. Yeah, but those are the most interesting characters. Like if you watch. Um, like, um... Well, there's that Johnny Depp movie where he uh, infiltrated uh, Shredder's gang. There's a Johnny Depp movie <laughs> where he infiltrated... Mm. It, was, it was the unproduced uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before uh, Michael Bay took it over. <laughs> oh, ruined. the Martin Scorsese. Yes, the Scorsese one. That would have been amazing. The Scorsese Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sure, of course. <laughs> That's right. Um, damn it. Um, yes. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Um, but those are the most interesting characters. So we say, um, so we say, you know, the Joker's the most, or the Shredder's the most interesting character. That's absolutely not true. Because the most interesting character is are the two guys one is a warthog and one is a rhino and they wear bandoliers <laughs> and they listen to reggae and like no 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 that's the most interesting characters by far well then you know you get a character like the mad hatter who could easily be uh you know one trick pony so every now and again you get characters like tweedledee and tweedledum which was like the best thing that ever happened to the Mad Hatter. I mean, what are the chances you'd find two portly, squat, bald guys who were, you know, easily convinced that the life of crime was the way to go? <laughs> right. That were just unintelligent enough to accept the fact that this is, you know, part of who they are, but intelligent enough to follow orders in a way that makes it work, you know? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're enough to be effective. I mean, you can tell them what to do, and you can give them the codes they need to punch in and stuff, and they'll do it right. They won't transpose any numbers or anything. 
but at the same time, they're not smart enough to realize this is really a bum deal. <laughs> and, I mean, here's another thing. Their options are limited. Like, what, they, they, there's not a lot that they're going to be able to pull off in their in their predicament, right? Like, yeah. you ain't going to... You ain't gonna go, like, work on Wall Street as twin <laughs> brothers. You know, that's not gonna happen. So, you, you do what you do. You, you make, you, you make the best of what you have. And I think, I think honestly what they have is big, dumb, and strong. So. Yeah. Yeah, luckily they're, they're kind of like Puck in the Alpha Flight is that they've got at least, you know, they can, Give a good punch. <laughs> right. They've obviously had some sort of martial training. Right, right. I think one of them was a Green Beret and the other wasn't. And these, the other one was kind of self-taught. <laughs> they were like, you know, goofing around one night, having a few beers after the other one got came off deployment. And he says, hey, you want to see something cool? You want to learn how to snap a guy's neck? I know 17 ways to kill somebody. <laughs> That's right. And he's he's taught his brother uh, fourteen out of seventeen so far. So not a bad deal. It's every year for his birthday. That's right. Next year, <laughs> death punch. Death punch. Uh, no. So like, I love, I love a good because they're often, like I said, they're often the most. We talk more about henchmen being weird as hell. You know, they're more memorable a lot of times. Because if you look at, like, like all of Batman's A-listers have henchmen, and all those henchmen are wild as hell. Like you were saying with uh, with Professor Pig. Professor Pig's, like, henchmen are wild as hell. The, yeah. Riddler, the Riddler runs around with two women who wear Riddler-themed costumes, <laughs> and their names are Query and Echo. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you want here? Like that's and they're the you know uh, <laughs> along with Harley Quinn amongst the rare uh, lady villains. Yeah, you don't see that in many of them. I mean, uh, Mad Hatter had his Wonderland gang with March Harriet, which it's like not you know, fair, where though. where else was she going to find employment? Uh, and then the lion and the very rare unicorn. <laughs> They're they're so sought after, and the walrus had the most uncomfortable. It was like cosplaying Tusk or something. Yeah, you're right. He was. He I was. mean, that was that's a very difficult costume to pull off because depending on you know you really have to be mindful uh, that you don't like impale your own biceps. Yeah, you got to be really aware of your surroundings when you're co- when, when you're when you're a unicorn. I'm just putting that out there for sure. Um. So uh, there's a couple I wanted to talk about as we continue on this on this road, um, and that is we recently kind of were introduced in the movie world to two to almost the biggest bads in Marvel and DC, and that's Darkseid and Thanos, and they've got some really great henchmen. Oh yes, amongst themselves on either side of that court. I think Darkseid wins. Oh, I think so. Uh, Thanos has uh, gathered an intergalactic gang, but, uh, you know, Darkseid hires from within. He will only employ you if you're living on Apocalypse. 
That's good. It's good for him. Like, like, and, and the chances are you that. escape from the gladiatorial pits or something. Right. You rose through the gladiatorial yeah. pits. Sure. Yeah. You just, and if you entertained him. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you can ask, if you can pose the question, were you not entertained? <laughs> and he has to think about it for a second. Like, what? No, I, I was entertained. So, no, I was not, not, inter- I'll tell you what, why don't you join my elite cadre? <laughs> Were you not entertained? Did you not look up here? I was smiling and clapping. You're alive. You didn't yeah, get. But you didn't get time it's, bulleted. No, it's, it's a confusing kind of way to pose that question, especially if you were entertained. Right? Are because you, you were not, not not entertained, and that's that's just bad grammar. It's just yeah, that's rough. That's not the way we phrase things. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Darkseid has a plethora of um. Of various, I also didn't know that Darkseid made his first appearance in Superman's pals, Jimmy Olsen. I just found that wow. out. Yeah. No, he had a plethora of of different henchmen for different things. Um, for instance, Granny Goodness. Oh, Granny Goodness. Granny Goodness has had a job. See this? Okay, so here's the thing. Darkseid had, if you're the Joker... You have like three or four people that you make wear clown makeup and do your taxes. Yeah. Right? When you're that's dark, all they do. They're just accountants, but they're forced to wear clown makeup and sometimes uh, motley. <laughs> they they just they got have to go to like uh, uh, jail. yeah. They have to go to uh, like uh, f was it fye and buy one of those uh, suits in a box that's like motley pattern. <laughs> right. You hope they've got your size and stock at the mall. And if not, you just gotta you gotta lead into it. You can't. Yeah. You gotta do what you're gonna do. Um, it's good. It's good. Um, but Darkseid <laughs> had a full enterprise. You know, he had Granny Goodness that was training, like his oh, army. Yeah. She was was kind of paying it forward and, and training the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, she was. And then you had. And then you had like Steppenwolf, which um, was like his was like his forward team. Like Steppenwolf was think of Steppenwolf like an event planner. <laughs> He'd go out to the to the site of to the site early and make sure that your rider was filled. You know, make sure that everybody was ready for you to arrive. You know, make sure everybody had the itinerary. That's what he was well, doing. Well, if he went into the dressing room and there were no green M&Ms, he knew they'd read your rider. Right. If there, were, if he goes to the dressing room and the fire pits were not lit yet, you're yeah. good. You're good. You're good. Like, that was that was his job. Um, you had his adoptive son, Orion. Or, yeah. 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 That would would basically just, like, wreck house for this guy. He was your, you know, not that Darkseid couldn't handle it, but you can't wreck house everywhere at once. Oh, yeah. You need you need somebody like that. And then you had, then you had your, your, um, your fly girls. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to go back to living, in living color again. <laughs> then you had your fly girls, the, the, uh, the female furies. Yeah, in fact, the the female Furies were in that documentary, Fifteen Feet from Evil. Were they? Yeah, it was a documentary about the the backup villains. 
the backup villains. Yeah, they, they, they were never quite as famous as the villains, but you know they were they were part of that villain's fame to be sure. Sure, sure, and you need those people, right? Yeah, yeah. You need you need to be running. You need to run with those guys. Um, but yeah, like, so he had a whole he had a whole thing to work with that he would send out in advance. Um, oh yeah, Glorious Godfrey too. Oh yes, who was he? Was PR? Guy? Yeah, yeah, he was marketing sure. and PR. He was kind of the uh, a bit like the Silver Surfer, but with not as much doom. Sure, because yeah. you know. Silver Surfer was kind of the PR man for Galactus. And then you think about it, all of the, hench, the henchmen, all of the heralds of Galactus were actually hench heralds. See, I wanted to talk to you about that. That's a discussion I wanted to have. Oh, like, we're definitely on the same page then. So you've got, you've got these cosmic level dudes. You've got um, Fire Lord and uh, Terax was one, wasn't he? I Terax? Yeah, Terax, Terax the, <laughs> yeah, Terax the Tamer and uh, Airwalker, Airwalker, who was like, like the least exciting. Of yeah, them. he was real boring. This poor guy. Um, and then, and then you know, all of those guys alone can pretty much just run crazy herd on, let's say, Earth, if they wanted to. Yeah, but. And I guess that's the thing. You need that level of henchmen if you're going to, you know, if your foot is the size of Australia. Yes, exactly. You need to run that kind of, le- that level of henchmen in your game, if that's the case, I think, is what I'm, is what I'm, what I'm thinking. Oh, absolutely. You, you need a, a, an uber henchman, as it were. Right. You need, you need top of the line. Yeah. You can't just like go and, you know, get. Tweedledee and Tweedledum arriving is like, Galactus cometh to destroy you, and he's going to kill everybody yeah, for his kill everybody, boss. For his delicious planet-tasting needs. And, and people are just <laughs> laughing. They're like, what? Uh, we don't go away. So in our conversations about And then they go this, back and tell him, no, nah, you can't go there, boss. It'll give you indigestion. <laughs> That's, That's why he went all in. What? And Terax was, that's why he went all in. And Terax was one of the most brutal, I think, you know, because he really, he was like the Adolf's meat tenderizer of Harold's. <laughs> so he'd go in like, you know, it was like Preachy Charlie's or something. He'd go in there and kind of soften the place up a bit. Yeah, he liked to get his hands dirty. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was his shtick. But we were talking, because I think we're running, wow, this hour went by pretty Oh, dang. good night. Um, da, 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 henchman. Henchman. <laughs> Um, no, but one thing I did want to talk about before we actually, um, you know, before we wrap it up was you and I were talking prior that henchmen ultimately at the end of the day are anti sidekicks. Yes, that's true. Right. Where you think of heroes as having sidekicks and yet we call the, the, the named associates of supervillains henchmen. So I wanted to talk about some of the best henchmen that Absolutely. the heroes have. Touching briefly on the idea of the uh, the anti-sidekick, and I think that the reason is a sidekick is in it for, you know, glory and um, a, a strong bond or connection with the 
with their hero. They're okay. a part of that mission. They are as vested, but not as experienced, perhaps. Sure. A henchman is pretty much in it for the money. Okay. Or perhaps the experience, like if you're a, you know, an intern henchman. What you know? Is there a piece of that? Do you think? Because good, that helps us to define what a henchman is, right? But do you think there's a piece of it that's like one of these days? And I think it's happened in the comics. One of these days, this guy's gonna gonna kick off, and I'm gonna get to run the the iceberg. Oh, absolutely. Family. I think there's a, a lot of that sort of desire to move up through the ranks, become like Penguin Two. Right. Right. I think that that's that's the point. But you know, there are hill. There are, and and I do think that. Your 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 sidekick and your here and your you know, your superhero sidekick it plays a little more active role than your average henchman, but I think there's some great henchmen out there that heroes run with. You and I had talked about it, and one that sprung to my mind immediately was Microchip from Punisher. Yes, he's like 100 percent henchman. Yeah, he really he's not a sidekick because he's not out there you know side by side in the field. Uh, you know, fighting the fight. He's in the background uh, in much the same way a lot of the henchmen are, where he's, he's working the – he does the the taxes for one. He has to wear a, a shirt with a skull on it whenever he does every um, <laughs> April. <laughs> well, you know, he's turning his receipts in for reimbursement. Yeah. Micro. You're not, wearing, you're not wearing your skull shirts. That's right. We have a uniform around here. It brings up morale. <laughs> That's right. What if somebody came through here on a tour? It's a van. It's, anybody comes near it, you kill them or at least incapacitate them. What does it matter what I'm wearing? <laughs> These are our uh, – this is our satellite office in the sewer. It doesn't change the fact that you we have a dress code. That is strictly adhered to. Go put on your go put on your skull shirts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh well, God! And don't forget your buttons. This is TGI Fridays. It's, what the hell? Flair. I need Punisher Flair now. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's right. Um, it builds morale. <laughs> um, this is so, a button. This is over 350 killed monthly. Over three, we got a sign out front of the sewer. Um, and then the um, on the flip side of that same coin, while we're talking about Batman, keep in mind Batman might have sidekicks, but Batman runs an empire not unlike Darkseid because he's got sidekicks and then he's got henchmen because he's got Harold oh, yes. Walnut working in the basement. Yeah, he's got poor hunchback. Uh, he's got Snaggletooth hunchback. In the yeah. Basement. Poor old guy. He's got Lucius Fox covering for him in the office all the time. He's it's he's a he's a dick. He is. I mean, he just he he's worse than the Joker. Joker's like, damn. He's like, give my people a couple of days off a week. That's that's good. That's good. We're unionized. Kind <laughs> of had to be. Um. Yeah. So like. Do you have any superhero henchmen? There's a few more that I can think of off the top of my head that really make the make the grade. I think there's an ultimate superhero henchman. Oh, I want to hear. It. Let's let's close on this and then we'll. Wrap yeah, it this up. is the the ultimate superhero henchman, one Edwin Jarvis uh, or one Alfred Pennyworth. Okay, I, yeah, and yeah. Perhaps Alfred more than anyone because he's basically 
in a more actionable position. Okay. Because the Avengers are so sanctioned that Captain America can hop up on a plane and say, oh, here's my Avengers priority identicard. This plane's going to Cuba. Stevie boy needs some Cuba Libres. <laughs> what? There's, there's no emergency? You just wanted some cigars? I'm Captain America. <laughs> You're right. I, I would put this in to contention. Allow me, allow me to uh, present this piece of evidence, Cole. All right. One, there are two, and they're equally henchmen-y, right? I'm gonna. There's a DC and a Marvel. There's a, there's an al, there, there's an analogous here. Either Rick Jones or Snapper Car. <laughs> oh, they are the uh, the players on the opposite side. They serve. Almost no purchase, but almost no purpose in the world whatsoever. They're there to kind of wisecrack and, and keep up morale without having to wear a stupid uh, button. Uh, <laughs> you know, anytime the Hulk gets a little down in the break room. I imagine, now that you've Rick said that. Rick brings out his guitar. Now that you've voiced that opinion. I imagine that there's like a bar. You know how like uh, in the Tick they had the super he- the, the sidekicks lounge at the restaurant. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. In the cartoon where it was like Arthur and like that's where the sidekicks would go to hang out. I imagine that there is a uh, henchman's lounge somewhere where it's like Micro and Jarvis and like Rick Jones and, and Micro comes in right after work and he's wearing his black shirt with his black suspenders and black buttons a la like a TJ Fridays or an Applebee's and <laughs> that's right like Albert Pennyworth is like hell's handbag man what have you got on <laughs> this is what you know, the normally... makes me wear <laughs> well I had to wear this I literally have to have tuxedos at hand at all times. I literally sleep in a tuxedo. I just hop up, throw on a new boot in here. <laughs> Do you realize the kind of hours that man works? A new boot in here. I like the fact that you <laughs> assume that Alfred just wears a boot in here all the time. Oh, it's it's uh, it's like his his button. <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with the, that concept that he has to like boot. He has to be prepared with a boutonniere all the time. And Batman doesn't even have to look at him. He's like, where's your boutonniere? <laughs> Damn it! Damn it, you literally... You weren't even in the Batcave yet. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I was literally... My fingers were on the flower. I was making the boutonniere. Yeah. I was wrapping the boutonniere myself. That's right. <laughs> I was down in the boutonnierarium. I was down in the place where you make me keep the boutonniers. It's basically like a greenhouse, but all it is is just, you know, whatever flower is favored for these boutonniers. You have a a literal hothouse that you make me go into and make my own boutonniers. Every day. Oh, my God. All right. All right. We cultivate the finest boutonniers here, Alfred. Let's let's freaking wrap this up. I think we we're back. I think the it's obvious is, that we're back. The irony is that Bruce Wayne uh-huh. not really so concerned. Oh no! You know, when Master Bruce is around, you can kind of like undo your bow tie a little bit. 
Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. When Master Bruce is around, it's like can, casual day. Right now, I mean, you can't have your shirt untucked. Yeah. But you don't necessarily have to be pressed and starched. You can wear the shirt that you know you took off an hour before Bruce got home, put it back on, and be all right. Do you know how ruinous it is to a tuxedo to wash, hand wash the Batmobile? <laughs> not to mention that that boutonniere does not last. Do you know how ruinous it is to Alfred's ego not only to have to hand wash the Batmobile while wearing your full tux, but also listen to "It's in the way that you use it" by Eric Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never, oh God, you'll never get rid of that mental image. Just... I, yeah, and the thing is, you give me an idea for maybe uh, like a, a fun April Fool's episode or something like that. Is we need to do the uh, the comic book playlist. Oh, I, yes, yeah. Like you know, the Mad Hatter. He's got uh, you can leave your hat on. Nice. We need to get Hunter back on here and. Do oh that. yes, he would. He would probably bury us. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. Oh God. Yeah. So that's that's on the dockets now as well for some time in Why 2020. <laughs> Why not? We're gluttons for punishment. Let's do it. Um, all right. So why don't you plug us up? We'll get out of here, and then um, and then we'll come back next week for more. All right. You are listening to Hey Kids Comics, which is back from hiatus. Yeah, okay, coming in here at the end of the show for some inexplicable reason. Uh, we are back, baby, on the Jedi Cole universe at JediCole.com. You can write to us at JCMail at Yahoo.com, and uh, be sure and check myself and one Eddie Medina on the Rancor Pit Live. Check us out on the Rancor Pit Live on DallasOnAir.com where you can uh, see us on the first and third Sundays of every month, 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. and uh, preceded on the first Sunday of the month by Eddie and Colleen with the Cryptid Couple with Figments, the Unexplained Mysteries podcast and on the third Sundays of every month by my show Isle of Toys because I'm 53 years old and I love toys but it's spelled A-I-S-L-E of toys that's right um i watched a fair amount of a um video podcast about strictly about wrestling toys you last night that was that was fun it's actually a lot more interesting than i thought it was so there you go um uh of course you can find us on instagram and facebook at hk comics show um do we know we're do- oh we do know what we're doing next week don't we oh we do oh you want to tell them you want me to tell them you tell them you're back man every year <laughs> we do a show because uh respectively how far are you away from san diego uh too far closer nine- than you <laughs> yeah but you're like nine or ten hours i'm like i would say probably Closer to twelve, but yeah. Okay, so I'm, so you're twelve. You're probably hours. like eighteen hours. Yeah, or. I'm about eighteen hours, and they do a little thing that uh, they often refer to as San Diego Comic Con. The thing about San Diego Comic Con is they do exclusives, and it makes Cole and I real mad. So you can go back and listen to how many do we have now? Four, Lord. five, four or five. Yeah, we've been doing this for several years now. And, wow. And we're going to do it again, because just when we think there's nothing that's going to pique our interest, they go and blow the doors off the damn thing. Oh, this year, I remarked that it seemed like, well, nothing's really going to piss me off this year. And then, sure enough, 
there's at least one thing. How many things are there, would you say, that piss oh. you off? Well, uh, of the things that I really want and can't afford, uh, they're uh, – good night. I want to say there's close to a dozen this yeah. year that are just amazing and then uh, easily a dozen more that may be not my thing, but I can attest that they are incredibly cool, like a certain Transformers exclusive that I'm sure is pissing off Jason the X. Yeah, well, I think they're going. So oh, are they? Well, get it. Yeah. yeah, and we might want to make sure that we. I think he's going to get in line on Thursday, so that by Sunday he can actually uh, buy one. Right. <laughs> and I, there are there are at least and the more stuff I look at, like the cool little things. Like one, I'll tell you right now that I would I I tried to buy, but it's not. You can't buy it on their website. Is there's some company. And keep in mind how many how many vendors go to this thing? Too many vendors. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and but, so many of them are like hiring people to go and, and stand in lines and buy. But I mean, like the like. Oh, you're talking to the vendors who are selling stuff. Yes. Yeah, there's so many of them, and one of and people that I've never heard of, right? So one of them, they have like little um, enamel pens and T-shirts. But the enamel pins and T-shirts are Captain America, but in the uh, – and this is going to mean something to – I don't know if it will mean anything to you, Cole, because I don't know how plugged into the, like, like punk rock world you are. <laughs> but the Misfit skull, but it's Captain America's skull, and, it, and uh, there's a T-shirt, and I was like – and they're selling them both together for, like, 25 bucks exclusive, and I'm like, I want that, yeah. and I go to buy it. And it's only available if you wait in line for a hundred hours and jackasses. So we got yeah. a lot to we got a lot to run through. Yes. Save it for next week. <laughs> Save it for next week. Um, all right. Well, thank you all for uh, bearing with us while we were on hiatus. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you. A special thank you to Kelly and the entire Boonshoff staff for putting on a, a fantastic um, event with Geek Fest. Um, it went over very very well. Um, I, I'm just so proud that a little piece of my all-con efforts has uh, been enjoyed by others who might never have seen it otherwise. Oh, it very much was. And I can tell you for a fact, there was like an eight-year-old girl that enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> um, and she got herself a fingerling prize. So there you go. Nice. Um, all right. So join us next week for more Hey Kids Comics. Uh, say goodnight, Cole. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Buy, collect, and enjoy your comics. It feels good to say that. It's been a while. Henchman. Henchman. Henchman.